Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The NFL machine keeps on churning. News, drama, the combine, so much going on. So to make sense of it, Talk some football. It is our buddy, Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can find that and all of Ross's content uh, on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. Ross, what's up, bud? Hey, Bill. How are you? I'm good, man. Um, Just got a little breaking news. I don't know if you saw this, but Ian Rappaport is reporting that Derek Carr and the Saints have uh, agreed to a four-year deal. What are your first impressions of the idea of New Orleans plus Derek Carr? Well, it's interesting to me on multiple levels, right? You know, number one, the the Saints, as usual, are not in a good position from a salary cap perspective, which is why they have been restructuring guys like crazy to try to free up cap space. Honestly, Bill, it feels to me like the head coach, Dennis Allen, and the GM, Mickey Loomis, kind of realize they have to win this year or at least win enough to keep their jobs for 2024. And I think they felt like Derek Carr was the best way to do this. I don't necessarily blame them. I mean, they probably have, at least right now, for sure they have the best quarterback in the division. And I think rather than trying to have something going on with Jameis or run it back with Andy Dolan, I think they thought, hey, we can get the best quarterback in the division right now restructure some of these contracts, we've got a chance to be the best team in the NFC South, win the division, and if we do that, you know, we're keeping our jobs. I don't look at this as a team that has a chance to, you know, compete with the Eagles and and some of the uh, better teams, the Niners, potentially in the NFC, but it seems like they're good enough to be able to, to at least be very competitive at a minimum in the NFC South. So the, the Saints, I mean – same thing as last year, where it felt like they thought they were better than anybody else did, and they were wrong, and they ended up having a bad year, and they had to lose that first-round pick to the Eagles, which is the 10th overall. It feels like the Saints are right back to, to doing whatever they can to try to be as competitive as possible this year. I think, though, Bill, it's almost more interesting from the Jets' perspective. You know, there's some talk this morning that people believe Rodgers is likely to, you know, want to go back to Green Bay and play for the Packers. And so if that's the case, and with Carr going to the Saints, I think everybody's kind of wondering who's going to be quarterback for the Jets now. I mean, they go from feeling like, hey, maybe they get Rodgers, but if not, they get Carr, and now it feels more like they're going to get neither. Ross Tucker here on the show. Ross, Circling back to Derek Carr, because he's obviously been in the league for a long time. He's never played with a good defense ever in his career. 
How, how good of a quarterback in a vacuum is, is Derek Carr compared to the rest of the league? Well, so I think there's no question in 2021 he was a top 12 quarterback. No question. I think you could argue top 10. I thought he played very well that year. They did not have a great O-line. They didn't even have really great receivers. Um, you know, they didn't have Devontae Adams that year. Waller was in that the lineup. He, along with Rich Bisaccia, you know, they got to the playoffs. And he played very well, especially late in a bunch of clutch games. I thought he played really well. So he's a top 12 guy. Last year he took a step back, which is weird because they bring in Devontae Adams, his buddy from Fresno State, and he takes a step back. I think what you and me and every team has to ask themselves, well, how much of them taking a step back, how much of that Derek Carr, and how much of that is Josh McDaniels and the new offense he brought in? He's still a relatively young guy, and I still think he's a top 15 quarterback in the NFL all day. So, you know, I I think that's a very worthy get for anybody. You get a top 15 quarterback in the NFL – you hang on to that guy for as long as you can. The Raiders didn't feel that way. The Saints are really happy to get a guy they think is in the top half of the league. Uh, Ross Tucker here on the show. Speaking of that, of just the obvious importance of a quarterback in the NFL and the interesting dilemmas that can put teams in in terms of what you pay guys, there are reports that Daniel Jones would like to be paid like he's an elite quarterback. There aren't a lot of quarterbacks. It's not like there are 50 really talented guys competing for 32 jobs. We know that. What do you think, if you're one of the decision makers in New York, the Giants should do with Daniel Jones as it relates to what they pay him? So if I'm the Giants, I I would franchise tag him, Uh, especially if he wants that much money. I don't First of all, I don't blame anybody for asking for as much money as possible. What's the worst thing you can do is say no. You know, all these reports out there, Daniel Jones asking for this much money and wants $45 million a year. Well, and that's what his agent's job is. His agent's job is to try to get as much money as they can. And by the way, I'd be very curious if Daniel Jones actually hit the open market to see what it would be. I mean, he's a young guy who's coming off playing very well. They've never had a good receiving core for him. They've never had a good offensive line for him. And so I think people would be intrigued to get, what is he, 25 years old maybe? I mean, to get a guy that young that has that much experience, he moves very well. They've never, he's only 25 years old. He, he moves very well. They've never had great people around him. I, I think the market would be better for Daniel Jones than other people do. And I see all these reports out in New York like, well, there's doubts as to what his market would be. Okay, well, then why don't you go ahead and let him be a free agent? You know what I mean? I mean, if, 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 you, if you doubt it, then let him test it. See what it's like. There's a way to find that out. There's a way to know just what the market would be for Daniel Jones. Uh, but I would not do that. If I'm, if I'm the Giants, I give him the $32 million non-exclusive franchise tag. I don't think people are going to come in and give up two first-round picks to pay Daniel Jones a lot of money. And I'm not giving him the exclusive one, which is, you know, 40-something million. I'm giving him $32 million for one year, and I want to make sure that he improves from what he did last year under Brian Dable. If he does it again, Bill, then I'll pay him a ton. I'll pay him a ton of money 
if he improves on last year and plays really well, then, you know, then we'll know we have our franchise guy. I think there's still a little bit of doubt about that. So I give him the one-year $32 million franchise tag. I'm pretty sure that's what the Giants will end up doing. Ross, last week, as you know, part of just the, the process of talking to the media leading up to and including the Combine, Ravens GM Eric DaCosta made maybe in retrospect what he thought was an offhanded comment, but he made a comment about how the reason someone asked him why they hadn't drafted better at, at receiver, and his answer was, in effect, if I knew the answer, we'd have better receivers. His receivers, one in particular, took exception to that, and it became a, a bit of a social media drama fest. Is it okay for a GM to be that candid about a lack of talent or depth on his squad, but obviously guys on the squad are going to read that and be offended? Well, it's interesting because I looked at it as DaCosta taking blame. I I looked at it as DaCosta, you know, um, Rashad Bateman comes out and says, you know, stop pointing fingers. I felt like he was pointing fingers at himself. You know, like we haven't been good at drafting receivers. We haven't gotten enough production from that position. We're we're not good at it. Very clearly. I thought it was really interesting that, that Bateman took offense. I mean, I guess because he's one of them, but that that was certainly not the way DeCosta I thought was coming across when I heard him make the comments. I thought he was basically saying, I don't know why we haven't had more success at it. If I knew the answer, we'd be drafting better guys. And I guess that offended Rashad Bateman um, because he's one of the guys they've taken. But I didn't look at it as as DeCosta trying to take a shot at Bateman as much as he was taking a shot at himself in the organization. Because they've been bad drafting receivers for the last 20 years. I mean, you go back to Ozzie Newsom, it's like they're blind spot. They're the anti-stealers. I, I love, I, dude. I love that perspective. Uh, Ross Tucker here on, on the show. Ross, it's it, it's the annual time of year to talk about guys who are shorter than we thought they were supposed to be, or whatever the right perspective is. Do you care? Do players care at all if a quarterback is five ten versus five eleven versus six three? No. No, and listen, I understand. I I, I understand that. I do think physical parameters are something that should be considered without question. But like the bated breath over just how tall or just how much Bryce Young would weigh is just hilarious. I mean, we've all seen him play every game for Alabama the last two years. So number one, we already knew he's not that tall. And you know what? He's not that heavy either. He's a small guy. We also knew that he could play very, very well. I mean, I was joking around on Twitter, Bill, at Ross Tucker NFL. I said, well, listen, as long as he's 201 pounds or more, you know, he should be the number one pick. If he's 199 or below, I wouldn't even consider it until the third round. Like, it's a joke. Two pounds. I mean, Bill, if you've seen my social media and what I eat and drink on the weekend. I gained five to seven pounds a weekend. <laughs> I mean, are we really going to, um, you know, care that much about a 21-year-old and three pounds? I just – here's what I would tell you. Bryce Young's weight is not going to determine whether or not he has success in the NFL. 
Um, I understand there's some concern about durability there, but I don't know. Does 210 make that much of a difference? Like, does that 10 pounds? I mean, he'll put on some weight naturally just as he gets older. I mean, that we all do. But as he matures and gets older, I also don't think him being 5'10 and an 8 as opposed to 5'11 and a quarter is going to be a difference. He's either going to success, uh, succeed or fail based on the same traits he showed at Alabama, which is just an uncanny ability to make the right play at the right time. Um, now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't get excited about Anthony Richardson and the physical ability that he has and the upside that he possesses as a result. And I just look, we all are the same way. It's exciting to see these big guys that can run and, fa- and jump that fast. But, I mean, every year we do the same thing. We talk all season about how they are as players, and then we talk about how the, the numbers don't matter. Then over the combine, the combine happens, and then we spend the next month talking about their combine numbers and their pro day numbers. Uh, Ross Tucker here on the show. Ross, I just went to your Wikipedia page to confirm that my memory was correct, that you were undrafted, and I see belated happy birthday, buddy, just a few days ago. Happy birthday, man. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. 44 years old as of uh, as of Thursday. Had a great weekend celebrating it. I wanted to tell you too, Bill, I was in the car the other day, and I really enjoyed your interview with Clark Hunt. Oh, it thanks, was man. like it was so good that when I pulled in, I can't remember if I was pulling in a home. I think I pulled in a home, and I stayed in the car. You know, like that's when it's a good interview. When it's like, okay, this is good. Bill's asking good questions. I didn't realize, you know, you're that you had spent time in Kansas City, but yeah. your questions about, you know following his dad's footsteps and even the conference championship games. And I thought it was excellent, man. So I just wanted to give you props for that. You know, I always listen, so I enjoyed it. Hey, props all around me. <laughs> I love, I love that Ross Tucker. That's very, that's very sweet, dude. Um, all right. Last one for you. You were undrafted. I know that. Did you go to the combine? Was that a part of your process? No, I was, I was not invited to the combine. Wow. I went to the Rutgers. Yeah, I was, Dude, I was so bottom of the barrel, it's not even funny. I got a $0.00 signing bonus. And just to put that in perspective, like, everybody gets a signing bonus, okay? Except for me. I was that bottom of the barrel. And I'll never forget, I'm in the uh, hotel room with this kid from northern Iowa, right? And he's looking at his signing bonus check, and he got a $5,000 signing bonus. So his check was like 3000 And he says to me, I can't believe these taxes. Like, how terrible is that? And Bill, I gotten zero. I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, taxes. They're awful. That was the worst. They're awful. Meanwhile, by the way, he was terrible, and they cut him after the first mini camp. And I and I did well at the first mini camp to the point where I was like, I think I can do this. Like, I was, I, I, I and I, I called my agent. I was like, hey, they just cut the kid from Northern Iowa. Can you ask them if I can get his $5,000? I mean, Bill, I'm 22 years old, okay? I, you know, I'm, I'm, I already had some student loans, way more than that, coming out of Princeton. Plus, I did the math on how many kegs of yingling I could get for $5,000, even $3,000 after taxes. <laughs> I really wanted that kid. To, I'm like, they gave him $5,000 and they cut him already. 
can I, I can I at least get five thousand dollars? Because to me that would have been awesome. Just five thousand dollars to play football, or like one check, and he was like, no, it doesn't work that way. Life, hey man, life is funny. Ross Tucker, uh, as always, dude. Happy, by the way, not always. This time, happy birthday, and as always. Appreciate you being on the show. Uh, great interviews always, man. Thanks for thanks for the time and and the unnecessary compliment. Very nice of you. No, it was very necessary. That was a great interview. Thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.